Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Will, my friend, what's going on this morning? Gene, what's up? How you doing? Thanks for coming in. Hey, my pleasure. Glad I made it. <laughs> it's uh, it's early here. Yeah, it's not that early. <laughs> it's not, but <laughs> I usually do these things at like noon or two o'clock in the oh, afternoon. That's early then. <laughs> okay, so I'll be excused for just being on cup hey, two of the hey coffee. Man, you're on time. That's cool. all we want. I love it. So uh, let's just get a little background about you. Um, where the hell did I meet you? Gosh. Here locally, we, you're yeah. working for an agency, mm-hmm. doing God knows what. Yeah, I was working for a marketing <laughs> firm. I think I was in and out of a co-working space. Maybe, um, yeah. yeah. And y- I think I met you more than you met me. Beca- Maybe. Because you were involved in so many things. Right. right. Uh, Converge was right. the one I remember right, specifically. Right. I don't even know if you remember this story. Younger, dumber me. Maybe <laughs> it certainly impressed me. Well, thank you. But I was younger and dumber not, too. Not fishing for compliments, but thank you. Well, I was younger and dumber too, so I didn't know. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yes, I may have just been confused. Uh, but I remember coming up to you at one point and kind of being nervous about it. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, younger and dumber, and just for sure. I think I asked you something like, "Gene, you're in. You know, you're involved in so oh, right. many things. Right. Like, what is that like? Right. Because to me, I had never." Right. Imagined a world where you have multiple projects, multiple enterprises right. going at once. Yep. And I hadn't lived that life. <laughs> and so it seemed really alluring. Yeah, that's the trap. And I wish I'd never talked to that's you. The trap. That's here the I trap. Am today. Well, so you, you did that and you've been running your own agents, building, creating, building, and now running your own agency for yeah. about two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started during COVID. Yeah. A little bit that's by accident. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? Um, how does it, how do you start a company by accident? So you didn't get fired, did you? No, okay. uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, well, I might have. Maybe it was like a sneaky You're way of too firing professional. Me. No. Uh, in 2019, I had the pleasure of going on a couple of really meaningful uh, vacation trips. Yeah. Okay. One out west. I uh, went on a trip with my uh, my brother, and we drove an RV camper van from San Francisco to Salt Lake City because we got a crazy deal on a one-way route. Okay. So we passed through Yosemite, Mojave Desert, um, uh, Zion National Park, just tons of out west um, nature experiences. Okay. And I remember coming back like, man, I never want to lose that feeling like that was just great for me and which is being outdoors and out, the, the out, adventure travel yeah. outdoors uh with a really close friend who happens to also be my brother right um on the road yeah that is freeing isn't just it? freeing yeah i think we were there for like 10 days total so it was a yeah. long trip nice. just completely escaped a bit and I, I was i would say coming off of uh, a period of thinking through what the next chapter might look like for mm-hmm. me. I had been with my company eight years. They were amazing, incredible company, incredible leadership. I was just a little bit burnt out. Got you. That's become cliche to say, I think, these days. But I, think I don't I w- think so. You don't think? 
I hear it more and more. Yeah. I think I'm the first to have said it. <laughs> Let's go. It's on my website from 2020. So I think I'm you are. the pre-COVID first burnout uh, published person. Um, and then in August of that same year, I, I did get uh, the chance to go to, to Paris as well for the okay. first time. And uh, Was that your first time overseas? It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had done a, a stint abroad. Okay. Uh, I had been to several places um out of the country, but also studied abroad uh, during university architecture. Oh, that's cool. Design degree, yeah. Very cool. Lived in Barcelona, um, which was cool. So, like, that's like the mecca of architecture. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And just as a city, it's just very vibrant. Right. A um, lot of strange stories we don't need to get into <laughs> today. But, yes, I had spent some time over in, in Europe. Okay. But Paris never... Uh, it delivered on many levels, but it did leave me when I came back thinking, you know what, it's time to take a little bit of a break. Okay. So um, <clears throat> fast forward uh, a couple months, I went to the leadership of my company, just said, I think it's time for me to check off a personal milestone, and that's taking a year off. I want to do more traveling, clear my head. Mm. Uh, I'm not expecting for you to keep a seat warm for me, but maybe let's talk when I get back. Okay. It was all amicable. We took about three months to finish my term there through the end of 2019. And then I did three more months on a contract project. Okay. And if you're doing the math, that puts us at about March uh, 2020. Right. Just when the shit hit the fan. Correct. Yeah. Which meant that uh, I spent all of March and April canceling flights and learning all the voucher programs for every single airline because COVID did not want me to go on any of the trips to South America, Mm. back out West, abroad to Europe again that I had planned. So um, after lots of time on Mm. uh, the porch and on the road, (laughs) all in quarantine by myself with no remote work to do, (laughs) I suppose I just got bored and, um, Mm. I started the agency because I had a couple of people reach out and say, hey, we're interested in some marketing. And it, I had all the brain space. <laughs> we know you're not doing anything. Right. You're not doing anything. <laughs> We've been wanting you to help us for a while. Right. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think we should do? Mm. And I had the brain space to really sit back and think about how I would approach specifically online and digital marketing uh, in the modern landscape. And okay. Started doing some consulting work, which over time led to picking up uh, some staff members and is yeah. now a team of about four. Wow. Uh, handling. That's legit. Pushing 15, 20 clients at this point. Right, right. And growing and learning everything it means to be a business owner, which I did not know about mm. before. So it was kind of accidental. Very much so. <laughs> I fell into it. So let's talk about that first, though. So the burnout. What do you want to know? Um, so, I mean, you you wrote an article about it. I mean, I saw you put on LinkedIn. You were you were you were calling it a sabbatical. Yeah. What made you? What made you like define it in those terms? You know, like because it seemed very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what I read and what I saw on LinkedIn, and then what I knew of you. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit better since twenty, like late twenty twenty, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed intentional. Yeah. <clears throat> so I knew I wanted something different. I didn't know what it was. Mm. And 
there are some people that are really good at like walking up to a ledge and just jumping. Mm-hmm. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. It never has been. Uh, I've always been a processor, a thinker. I'm trying to turn over different options in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to scenario plan and think through things. Right. I don't know. It's just a personality deficit maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always serve me well and certainly hasn't always served me as I've learned to be a business owner. Um, but it did set me up for a situation where I realized, you know, I want to, I want to figure out this next chapter sort of the right way. Like I want to really do a, a decompression from the past 10 years of my career. Yeah. I was, I was around 31, 32 at the time. Yeah. And I want to look through all the journals I've written mm. over the past several years. Okay. I want to try to get a little more clarity on who I am and what I want to do in life. So it was very purposeful. Very much so. Yeah, Yeah, I had a lot of intention behind it. And that same brother I went on the West Coast trip with, uh, God bless him, he had to listen to me externally process (laughs) the whole thing. Yeah. In fact, I came up with some incredible charts and diagrams during that (laughs) pre-planning phase to basically convince him to convince (laughs) me that this was the right decision. That's funny. Because it was the first major uh, self motivated, um, career move that I think mm. I had made because right. I'd been, you know, I'd been with, uh, the company for yeah. pushing 10 years right. all through my, my twenties. Yeah. And for many millennials, that's an odd course of was, action. Was that like the first professional job Yeah, that you yeah. held and you were like, okay, this is a Full career. I'm going to dig in. Job. Yeah. Yes, it was. Okay. And so to leave that. Yeah. That's scary. It was for me. Um, again, I think there are some people that are just great at taking a risk, well, see, or not even seeing risk in it. But I was so, scared. So you you mentioned the conferences and all that stuff, and um, you know I'm I'm sort of one of those guys that tries to be an inspiring person. You know, when when we coach people, I try to you know push them in the right direction and stuff. Definitely. My wife hates it. Hates what coaching that mentality of like of. Do better, get better. Yeah. Well, no, not not the not the getting better, but like mm. just take a risk. Or mm. if you don't like your if you don't like your job, just get another one. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that easy. It's really not. And, and people like you get that online a lot. You get that with all the inspirational coaches where they're like, just change your surroundings. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's a, that's great on paper, bro. I have a cousin who's done very well in his career in finance, and he. I don't, you know, I don't think it's wrong to label it this. He would, he would job hop pretty aggressively. Right, sure. And I remember talking to him one time and, and asking like, how are you, how are you doing that? And he's like, well, I mean, I'll submit a hundred applications in a week. What? And I, that's what I said. I'm thinking, wow, he's playing the numbers. He's playing volume and right, it's working. Right. And I also thought, I don't know if I've got a hundred applications a week in me. A month. A month even. Jesus. It's a lot of work to yeah. do that grind. It's like a full-time job. It's itself. a full-time job if you want to go that route. Hmm. And I think it stacks over time. You build a bit of a reputation. Or, uh, See, I do too. Uh, yeah. That there's a – in the um, web software development, web website development industry, there's there's a – you're probably aware of it. It's like the job hopping. The, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The conceived lack of loyalty. Same in marketing. Yeah. yeah. Marketing it's, agencies. The digital, the digital oh, landscape of working in yep. the industry. 
It kind of sucks. I don't know how people do it. I would I see either. I would see peers in you know New York, LA, Chicago, in marketing agencies with uh, job tenures of like six months at different companies, and a lot of them are affiliated. So I think there was some of that going on. But mm-hmm. still, to see I was at this company three months, right. this company six months, this company it doesn't two look months. good to me. If I'm hiring someone, I'm like, why have you been at eight companies in the I'm past? Sure three there's years. a reason to do it, but it just wasn't for me. And so after you know around eight years, ten years or so of. Uh, one company. I yeah. just was ready. Yeah. But I needed to like build up all the momentum to jump off that ledge. That's that's really positive, man. That's like you you wanted to you wanted to move on with your life. You wanted to try something, but it wasn't it wasn't because you hated where you were. Yeah. It wasn't because like well, it just just this personal like I yeah. want to grow and I'm want to figure out how I want to do that big time intentionally. Um most people don't have that you just said luxury. It. No, I don't, don't. I don't want to call it a luxury, but cause it, it, it is because it took planning. But well, it, it took sacrifice yeah. too. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, like I I lived very frugally. Mm, okay, that was going to be my twenties. I was going to get there. Like, how the hell did you pay for it? Yeah, I mean, I saved a lot of money by living with roommates mm. and not spending a ton of cash and. Mm. Uh, during my twenties. And if I ever write a book on the experience, that'll be chapter one. Like you have, <laughs> you have to be able to afford it yeah. one way or another. Okay. And so for me, it, it was very much a opportunity to enjoy that. I, I think it was like a Tim Ferriss book at one point in time that I, I read mm. that had some clip about, I can't remember who the quote is, but it's something to the effect of, you know, most people work their entire lives uh, to build riches so that they can travel and enjoy life in the most fragile part of their life. Right. When from like 60 to 70. Correct. And that really resonated with me. And it was the reason I had a sabbatical on my radar Mm. because I thought, look, I'm going to be doing career for another 30, 40 years. Right. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, I want to make sure that I'm, course correcting along the way. And for me, that looks like taking some real time off. And to be candid, I intend to do it again Yeah, sooner rather than later. That's cool. It might not be a year. It wasn't a year. As right. it turns out, right. first go around, I, I fell into this um, starting a business first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. But uh, I totally intend to take off several months at least okay. again uh, within the next few years, because I just think it's a place where you're able to connect with your heart a bit mm-hmm. and, and even your mind for that matter. Right. Uh, and to me, those things being aligned are really important and it's so easy to lose track of that when you're just grinding. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so, I mean, you find yourself, I mean, you've started a business and you're running a business, so I don't imagine you get a lot of downtime, but, I hopefully you've had some, <laughs> maybe not much, not much. Recently, okay. So yeah, to be completely honest, right. um, it's a building a business is no joke. Yeah. It's a full time hustle <laughs> and yeah, you know, the downtime you do get, you're trying to spend with friends and loved ones that you maybe right. didn't see cause you yeah. were grinding nights uh, and weekends. And so you don't, I, I've had a lot less personal space Certainly than I did in 2020. And okay. that's that's actually been a hard change to kind of reemerge back into a I think, full-time workforce. I think, I think a lot of people are they're still struggling with that mm. to go from so long. 
I mean, because I think for most people, it was four or five months at least. Yeah. I mean, essentially. And some still are going from, they've gone from like a full office scenario right. to like their bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's a change. Yeah. And um, and yet I've, in, I've enjoyed it. It's been, there's been challenges. I think that uh, I'm trying right now, mm. two years in, to begin thinking about what the next chapter of this business looks like because it's been uh, go, go, go right. from day one, especially during a very uh, uh, blessed but also challenging growth mm. season right. of 2022. And uh, so I hope to carve out some time soon to do a little bit of road mapping for what comes next. Cause I, do, I believe in it. I, I think you have to be aligned with what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and some of that just comes from, from training. You know, I was a, I was a marketing strategist, essentially business strategist right. um, through the lens of marketing. And when you're doing that for clients all the time, you, you have to, you have to at least look yourself in the mirror and go, maybe I should do this for myself. That's incredible because was the saying like the cobbler's shoes? Absolutely. That's not the saying, but that's referencing the saying. Yeah, um, yeah I find... No, I think that's the saying. The cobbler's shoes. The cobbler's children have no shoes. I think that's so, the I don't know. Um, yeah, I find that's the same in my multiple businesses. Um, that you just don't pay... You're like in it so much. Yeah. You don't pay attention to it. And you... I mean, you brought that to me with the, um, the gym. We worked on that gym website together. And yeah. that was probably the first time... Outside of like a conference website, you know, where we intentionally spent time thinking about how it speaks to people and right. how they perceive it and stuff. Yep. And normally it's like, here's my stuff, you know, come get my stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but th that's just a website. But thinking about your business, mm -hmm. working on it yeah. is super important. And yeah, we don't, we don't ever do it. <laughs> no, it's hard. But you, you have to earn that too, right? That's right. You, you have to yeah. earn the space for that. Um, I like that. I think, you know, if, if the transition from, from operator to owner is earned, yeah, you've got to put the pieces in place and the people in place to be able to make it's it cool. work without you doing some of those things. It's a cool way to look at it. And, well, and that's the phase I'm in right now. And yeah. it's tough. It's hard. It's, uh, I envied entrepreneurs. I had uh, entrepreneur a crazed mind. Mm. You know, I was buying courses and, right. you know, I, I was very much in <laughs> that, um, spirit of the age. And I, <laughs> I, now that I'm in it, yeah, it's been, it's been a radical awakening to mm. what it really means to build a business, which I did not know before and shame on me for having, that's how we all do it. Illusions of grandeur. <laughs> and no, I think you need it. And private jets. Well, and, oh, the, that that big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That was pretty big. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dreamer. All right. Yeah. Um. But it's been really rewarding to to like go. Oh. Yeah. This is what it means to solve the tangible problem of if this tool breaks, my whole team can't work. Right. The tool needs to be salvaged. Uh, in my case, tools are usually yeah. computer software right, right. or, or programs that sort of thing. Yeah, it makes if, sense. If it breaks. The whole company's down. What are we doing? What are we doing? And who's who's uh, lined up to fix this? Thing? <laughs> yeah, these are the tangible problems yeah. that it takes to make a business machine work. That's and interesting. so I'm working to earn that owner owner space to think a little bit more clearly. That's a that's a hard transition for most 
op, own, owner operators. I don't know how you want to define it, but that's a super hard transition to get out of the weeds. Yeah, I think the weeds were what the weeds were what has been. Well, yeah, is you, paying you. Yeah, you start out gardening. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's super hard. Um, but it's but it's also neat to build teams, and, and that's what I'm okay learning too. You that's know, cool. to have staff members that I'm now training and developing culture with, that's and cool. developing processes with, is um, yeah, it's really. It's a neat thing, and to be doing it at a profit is also cool. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I had a colleague or, or friend tell me recently <clears throat> about a business. You know, they were uh, closely attached to that was not in a good financial position. Tons of revenue, but yeah. just de- debt like crazy, uh, cash flow problems, receivables problems, oh, giving me anxiety. Well, it did make me kind of <laughs> sit back and go, "Oh, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, this isn't this is this doesn't look uh, yet like what I hope it will, mm. and it's probably going to take a lot longer than I want it to for it to. Mm. But uh, I'm working at it, and at least right now things are stable. That's cool. Yeah, good things usually take a little while. Yeah, like, you know, overnight success. You didn't see the seven years that it took to get there. Right. Usually the case. Well. Talk to me in seven years. Yeah, well, let's do that after <laughs> okay. another sabbatical. All right, cool. Um, so what are what are some of the things that you did? Um, uh, so you took a sabbatical. So what are some of the things you did to to really get a sense for what you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, you, you, then you said you accidentally started a business, but whatever. Like, what are some of those things that you did? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm a big believer in uh, what at least I've studied to be called um, cognitive functions, which uh, okay, Carl Jung was kind of okay. involved in laying the groundwork for. And I've spent uh, probably 15 years of my life since college, starting in college, dedicating myself to an amateur uh, PhD in cognitive functions. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And um, they're the backbone of what many people know as the Myers-Briggs okay. personality type. Got you, got you. But, like, I hate Myers-Briggs. Okay. That's a strong word. But yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I hate the, like, letter acronyms because they're very misleading. They don't, yeah, they don't really make any sense to me. Yeah. Exactly. They don't like I am an IFTJ yeah, it's, Q. It's, like, a, it's a way of labeling and trying to categorize, right. which to me isn't helpful. What's more helpful is what is underneath them, which are cognitive functions again. Because right, I, I believe everybody's sort of on a spectrum of whatever personality trait. Yes. And that on different times, you're different ways of that spectrum. Correct. Uh, you're constantly fluctuating. And not only that, you have every piece of the Myers-Briggs right. happening at all times. For you, you. you also grow over time, Correct. like hopefully mentally, Correct. spiritually, physically. All of the above. Yeah, emotionally. Which is why, to me, the labels aren't helpful. Gotcha. What is helpful is understanding that the cognitive functions below them are constantly in tension trying to create balance okay. for you. Uh, balance between your feelings and your thoughts, balance between your introverted and extroverted side, balance between your sort of intuitive abstract side and your relationship with the sensory world. Right. And I studied that a lot. Huh. And the sabbatical gave me a chance to really dial in and get clarity on what I had come to both self-assess and have professionally assessed as my cognitive functions and start to figure out the makeup 
of who I was mm. because I do think people are wired certain ways sure, and have strong tendencies. Sure. And with those strong tendencies and strengths come deficiencies and weaknesses. And so I needed to get a really clear picture for me of what are the strengths I'm interested in capitalizing on and what are the weaknesses that are going to cause me problems if I can't find a way to either work on them or hire for them or in some other way solve them? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did on the sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> Buy the course coming soon. Oh, my God, man. I don't, I don't know. Do you think that sometimes – How do I? so if you are, like, figuring the stuff out about yourself – whether it's you or you figure it out for someone else and you wind up kind of accepting or labeling yourself, you find that you kind of use that as a crutch. Like, oh, I'm this type of person, so I can never be the other type of person. Like, I'm, a, I'm an introvert, so I can never be extroverted. Right. I think it would be easy to. Yeah. Um, How do you not fall into that trap? Or, or you just don't fall into that trap? To me, it's more just accepting it as a as a state, right? Mm-hmm. So f- for me, uh, very good at abstraction. A lot of my work is based on uh, understanding in my brain how different platforms and technologies all have to work together mm-hmm. to achieve a marketing objective, mm-hmm. right? Automation platforms, tracking platforms, data and analytics platforms. Right. They all have to be firing right. in the same way. And I have to be able to hold that machine in my head because it doesn't exist as like a blueprint. Right. Okay. So uh, I'm sure it's similar for you on the web front, right? You've got to understand how some of the hosting. <laughs> it's a little simpler, but yeah. You, you get the point, yeah. right? It's abstract. Yeah. That makes uh, sensory the sensory world very difficult for me, which is the world of, like, things bumping into each other and causing problems, i.e. that oh. tool that breaks. Right. Okay. It's a struggle for me to sit there and, like, deal with a tool-based sensory uh, gears-moving mm. problem. Okay. And yet that's, in, that's the phase of business I'm in. So for me, not using my strength as a crutch – is all about seeing the weakness and not being afraid of it or being uh, feeling ego threat from it, right? Like I'm not mm. – I don't let my self-esteem be interesting determined by right. this weakness, right? Um, I instead recognize it as a weakness and like point at it. I'm, sure. Shine all the light on it. Right. And then when you do that, it creates a situation where I think growth can happen. And I think that's true in most every growth area. If you're unwilling to accept that you have a weakness or a problem, like if you cannot come to a place where you can look yourself in the mirror and say this is a problem or a weakness, you're going to have a hard time growing through it. Because right, absolutely. Because you're you're it's part of your identity, right? And you're holding on to that, or it's just threatening your self esteem to deal with the struggle of fixing it. Mm. And in either case, the weakness becomes um, a really big sticking point. You have right. to be able to look at it in the face and say, "Oh, like you're my weakness." Right. Hi, and it's me. <laughs> it's it's me. You're I'm the problem. And it's, and it's this trait of me that's the problem. That's great. And then, okay, well, now we can maybe work on it. Yeah. 
It's going to suck, but like a, now we can work on it. That's a level of ownership that I don't think many people get to. It's tough to maintain. Not it. to not to you know elevate ourselves above yeah. other people in the world. It's not the intent, but like I think it's hard to get there. Yeah, it's tough to maintain. So, so through through your interest in you call it psychology. What? Yeah, yeah. I would. Um, yeah, simply cognitive psychology. I think. Yeah. So through your interest in that, did it lead you to this, or is it sort of a thing where you were like? I got these problems. I need to figure out not problems, but I have mm-hmm. these weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, how did you? How did you get? I would I say mean, it did. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of what's embedded in the cognitive psychology that I've studied is um, a model where strengths and weaknesses do exist. That's fascinating. I just had um, a somebody on the show a couple of episodes ago. It's it was a pretty enlightening one, and he was talking me through the. the 12-step program mm-hmm. that like yeah. alco- alcoholics mm-hmm. and addicts go through. Yep. And it's very similar to what you're talking about is that yeah. you start off uh, discovering what your weaknesses are. In their cases, things they've done to hurt other people. Hmm. This is kind of the same, you know, kind sure. of the same thing. And then it's it's about owning them and then overcoming them. Yeah. And we don't they don't even talk about drinking at all. Like that's not even the Hmm. Like that's just a symptom of relationships are the starting. Place. Yeah. Yeah. And like relationship with self and others. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's interesting. You, you kind of tapping into like the 12 step program to being a better leader, almost better leader, improving any area of your life, not yeah. just, you know, a, a substance addiction. Um, and especially the areas of just, of just per- personality growth. Well, yeah. I mean, your addiction can be your ego. Absolutely. Needing to be Addiction constantly. can be a fear. Uh, yeah, anxiety. Yeah, fear of like losing the thing that you've built. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned like introverted, extroverted. Yeah. Like, I think people are both at different times depending on who they're around. Yeah, I've had people that say they're an introvert and then you get them in their element, mm-hmm. get them. Total extrovert. You know, playing their Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Yeah. And that sounds like I'm making fun of somebody, but yeah. like I've seen it and yeah. then they're like. They're like awesome, right. and you're like, "Where is this person?" Normally? Yeah, uh, but like, it's so easy to just as you're saying, uh, create an ego or an identity out of yeah. uh, I'm I can't be alone. I'm too extroverted, right? Or I can't, I don't want to go out and be in the public arena. I'm an right. introvert, right. and it's it. I think it's better to think of them as I think you used it like spectrums or sliding scales. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but you're not a, you're not a fixed point on that. Yeah. You can dial it whichever way you want, right. but certainly certain uh, sides of those coins are going to be more natural to you than others. Right, and some are right. going to require more work. Right, and from a team perspective, if, if you're working with three uh, or four people, yes, it's you. I don't know. It feels like it's good to know. That and mm. like if you're in a client like like I work with you know one of my business partners and he's he's very gregarious and he does great in you know meeting scenarios when I'm not so great in like you know a room full of people mm-hmm. that want something from me I, I tend to then get anxiety and he tends to like turn into the the monster in the room at that point so it's good to know to like accept that dial myself down and let him go definitely. But I think the key to that is to not be, uh, not be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, to like, let him do it. To like, it doesn't, it doesn't make me less. Right. I'm not less of a leader. I'm right. not less of a business person. My skills aren't diminished. It's just, 
He's good at it. Let's let him do it. Let him do or that. Or she, thing. whatever. I think let if him you're go. in any relationship or team environment yeah. where uh, complementary skill sets and strengths aren't being discussed, like maybe find a place where they are. Okay. Wow. I, th- I think it's yeah. crucial. Yeah. I think, and, and I don't even, you know, it's one thing to like do a disc profile or something for, for a company. It's another thing to have. So on, what is that? What is a disc? I, I, uh, I can't ever, I think it's like dominance, influence, or, oh, okay. or social and conscientious. I think I'm messing one of those up. So it's like personality and how you interact it's with It's another personality test sure. that's commonly used in, in corporate settings. Ooh. Nothing against it. I'm not like... Uh, lamenting or, or decrying, right? I would, disc. Have, I would imagine they're it's all. It's actually a great tool. They're all just tools that you they're use tools, to get to a result. But like, don't just get the report, or don't just get your Myers Briggs uh, letters, right? And then just stop. Yeah. Like, actually integrate that into yeah. your conversations with your teammates. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, it takes a lot of setting a stage where ego doesn't have to be in the room yeah. and that's hard to hard to do. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. But I do think if everybody's willing to come to the table with both their strengths and their weaknesses, mm. it's a lot easier to have that. Right. Um, Cuz the strengths are easy. The strengths are easy. <laughs> and like, everybody knows them. Just, just go. But yeah. like bring your weaknesses to the table too. Right. And be authentic right. and honest about those. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think some magic can really start to happen. Uh there's a um a group I'm involved in. It's called the Bureau of Digital. Um, good, good friend of mine, Carl Smith. If you came to Converge, you probably know who the guy mm-hmm. is. Um, and uh, that's lost train of thought. So <laughs> it's good to do on a podcast. Uh, weaknesses. Yeah. So strengths. he, he talks about that um, a lot mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, teams and, and being uh, authentic, authentically you whatever in a team and and we kind of made fun of it because there's a there's a it's called an authenticity authenticity coach Hmm. (laughs) and it seems like one of those you know millennial jobs like touchy-feely things yeah uh but once we once we sort of dug down into it it is exactly what you just described it's like they are helping people understand what they're not good at right it's sort of like that's the job yeah when you'd think it would be like you know, you hear the term and you're like, well, they're just helping people get in touch with themselves. <laughs> right. They are, but they're, yeah. they're letting them learn how to overcome, you know, that anxiety of, of exposing what they're not good at. Sure. Because it's hard to do. And it's the reason, to, not to be uh, too closed loop about it, but it's the reason I took the sabbatical because yeah. I wanted to have a really clear picture of me. Yeah. And when, That's you're, strong, man. when you're moving through life and moving through work and, and you're at a million miles an hour it's so easy to lose track of that because you're trying to uh, be one person to this person. You're trying to yeah. maintain a narrative. You're trying to fulfill a certain role that has been put on you that may or may not fit you well. Right, right. And uh, you're trying to fit within societal boxes. Mm. And I don't mean that in like, oh, my, you know, society's terrible. I, I just mean by it nature what of is. what it is. Yeah. Uh, you're, there's roles and influence and narratives and norms, and it's easy to lose sight of yourself, and it's easy yeah. to lose a clear picture. And I think finding that is very important. Uh, and I th- and I think it's important for companies as well. 
right? So companies are, sure. are almost humans in and of themselves. Uh, they you know eat and sleep and yep. breathe and have yep. lifeblood and yep. Hundred uh, percent, and so companies too are in a situation where I think there's a lot of authenticity that has to be discovered. Um, not, and and it's the same. It's what I'm going through. That's what my company is going through. I feel like it's a top down thing too. Hundred percent. We, we've talked. I've I've talked to people uh, before to be. where it's like, and we've come to the conclusion that the a business will take on the personality oh, yeah. of the person or persons that are running it. Oof, man, I need Whether to hear it's that. Positive today. or toxic. Yeah. Like it, it is the leadership. Yeah. And that's why I think um like wow. ownership, not owning a business, but like owning the strengths and the weaknesses like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it so crucial to create a, a company, an environment where people can thrive kind of authentically, you know? I heard a recent interview with the founder of the uh, online tech platform called Figma. Oh, yeah, Figma. They just got bought out by Adobe. They did. Adobe? Adobe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in the billions. Yeah, Figma's a big deal. They started like 10-ish years ago. The founder was 19 when he started the company. Yep. Fun fact, they were an early... A sponsor of a, no of, a of a conference, yeah, 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 amazing. And they sent speakers and stuff. I just recently discovered it, and, and there was like ten people that worked there. I use it a lot. I love it. Yeah. And yet, he was doing an interview where he said, literally, leadership and management were the thing that were causing problems. Right. And, and and yet, what he said was, he sat everybody down, and they just had a very mm. honest conversation. Right. And it takes a leader who is self aware, it does, and others yeah. aware right. to be able to do that and. Be criticized and like own that. To like listen, yeah. To one, listen and <laughs> yeah. two, like do something about yeah. it. And well, that's he that's brought in a manager, and here wow. we are, uh, wow. ten years later with a billion dollar billion dollar valuation yeah. and exit. Wow. Um, so something to learn there. I think Gary Vee's been preaching that for a while, and good for him because I was getting tired of hearing him yell all the time. <laughs> he is loud. Gosh, I was sick of it, uh, and. Yet now that he's yelling like self awareness, I think that's his big yeah. like thing now. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of nice because he's right. He's right. I believe him. Yeah. I, I believe that's the next pendulum swing for at least you know our society here in the states. Oh, it's be so great. It would be wonderful. <laughs> uh, so many problems would be solved. I'm trying to do my just, part. Anybody listening, do your self aware. Yeah, like figure out what self awareness means and lean into that because I do think it's the place where. Self-healing happens, yeah, and then when that happens, you're in a really great place to help other people and help other people heal, too. Solid, man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Gary V. Uh, another guy that we—I didn't have at one of my early conferences, but um, oh, what year was it? 2008. Oh, my gosh. He was at a web developer conference. Yeah. Were you there? <laughs> yeah. Nice. And uh, do you know? Do you remember what he did before he did? Yeah, wine. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. The Wine Library TV where he just tasted wine, spit it into that Jets. Uh, it was like a spit spit bucket. It was like I never Jets. saw the show. I just oh, heard him talk yeah. a okay. lot about it. Okay. I caught him maybe a little. I probably caught him several years after that. That's when he kind of popped on my radar. Yeah. And uh, and he, but he would always reference the the wine I think those shows life. are gone are they yeah he he'll talk about that where he 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 bet on uh, Viddler hmm. instead of YouTube 
Oh. Like, like that, that's not on the internet anymore. So all the shows are gone. Oh, wow. But, about um, that? but you're talking about using tools and like what happens when the tool stops working. And, and that's a, and platforms. That is an allegory for like, be careful. Big time. <laughs> is that the right term? It will go with that. Allegory um, sounds good yeah. to me. <laughs> it's a it's, good, it's smart it's word. It's huge, especially today as we get increasingly tech-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when things break, yeah, dude. Wh- how much of your life is built on it? It's crazy, right? Uh, you know, when it was, when it was whatever, cave, cavemen world, mm-hmm. the house falls over. Well, what do you do? Well, now when, <laughs> you build a new house. When Google breaks. Yeah. Uh, or has a has a global outage, or when uh, that tool you use to run your business goes down. It's funny. I have uh, I saw I still use Photoshop because mm-hmm. I'm old school, and I'm I'm very old school in that when I went to uh, school as for graphic design, we actually used an airbrush. We actually used a T square, an Exacto yeah. blade. Yeah, and uh, you know black gouache mm-hmm. in, a, in a brush architecture and, school yeah you know all thing. about the stuff that's 100%. why i bring it up yep. and i've had interns that we've di- i've like used used the exacto blade in uh you know photoshop or whatever and they're just like what is that or like <laughs> and i had one kid ask me um what 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 is that thing i was like that's an airbrush they're like what the hell is what an is air- it what is an airbrush and i'm like <laughs> damn yeah but that's what i like about what you do um and, you know, you helped me with the gym's website and, mm-hmm. and sort of thinking about that. And that was so solid because uh, it was reassuring in myself to see you sort of mm-hmm. doing some because we don't do the same exact thing. Yep. We play in the same sandbox kind of. But it was that the work you did, it didn't matter what tools we used. Mm-hmm. We could use any tools That's right. to come to the same conclusions. Yeah. The end vision was what was kind of most important. Yeah, but it was your it was your knowledge of what needs to happen. Yeah, what does the experience need to be like yeah. for the user to to just make it a good experience for them on a di- good digital right. experience? And I, but I think that approach, I I see so many uh, contractors and and people that get plugged into projects that they're just there mm. to run a tool, mm-hmm. or they're just there to interpret. Yeah. Data from a tool. Like, like a classic s- hammer and nail, like uh, have a hammer. Every yeah. Problem is a nail. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think that's so crucial to um, the the digital industry, but probably anything. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, you either know how to build a house or you don't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's that knowledge and that approach, like regardless, like tool agnostic. Yep. That makes you valuable, I think, today. And it's going to let you last. But it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, well, this is what we use. Mm -hmm. So let's just sell this package and we just do this thing. And it's so easy to do that. You have to decide, you know, what what you are uh, and what your business is, certainly, and what you as an individual are trying to bring to the table. There are great uh, opportunities for people that know one tool and that's all they know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, I mean, yeah. Maybe you're part of a team. That's what you do. That, yeah, that's that totally be, like you are the not specialist. What I'm about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think, but I do think, to your point, uh, the ability to know what the end result needs to be, yeah. no matter where you fall in the continuum of mm-hmm. the production, what's the end result we're going for here, yep. and how does my craft, no matter what that is, yeah. 
align with the end outcome and how to love that. How man. does my contribution make the whole, mm-hmm. what it's supposed to, what, what the vision is. But I, I, and I feel like if, if that's how you're approaching it and that's how you're thinking about your craft, like mm-hmm. you said, you'll be able to work forever. Yeah. Like no, no matter what, cause this I'm pointing at my laptop or my phone, <laughs> right? This medium won't be here forever. No, you know, it'll be something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, um, uh, the iPhone, it changed the medium overnight. Yeah. You know, if like we were doing things a certain way mm-hmm. and that thing came out and we're like, Oh shit. Oh, we got to do it this way. way. Yeah. And it's even more, uh, it's deeper now. Like this stuff will change, but the, the, the stuff that people are trying to do won't change. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, the outcomes will always yeah. be more or less the same. So strong to, just, you know, make it, make things easier, yeah. more enjoyable, less yeah. painful or make art. Right. Um, right. Well, you were telling me you had uh, an early business. I don't know when you did it. You can remind me when, but you sold bracelets. Yeah. Yeah, I still wear one. Yeah, what was that about? I think I've had this on for like way too long. <laughs> take it off. So where did that fit in the timeline of, of the sabbatical and, and now? Was it during or before? Or? Pre. Okay, pre. That was an early, that was one of several early attempts at entrepreneurship okay. as a side hustle right. during my day job. Not like during, I, I wasn't on the computer doing it, I mean, but I was, was full time. No, you don't work there anymore. Me. Well, it wasn't me. No, it, I'm serious. Uh, I was, you know, working during the day and then on the nights and weekends, I yeah. grind out some different projects with, with a, legit. a really good best friend in a sense. And, um, yeah, we were just trying it, man. We were trying to see how you make money. Right. How do you make your own money? We hadn't, I had never done it. Uh, he had never done it. We right. were, we were new to it and had the allure of it. And we were doing coaching, we're trying to make coaching programs. And then we pivoted into the physical product space and cool. the bracelets sold, man. Yeah, yeah. That was what you're telling me. I think that's partially why I still wear it. Cause it kind of was the first thing that was revenue positive, you know, or like profitable. Uh, I think we made all of about like $27 and 50 cents, you know, in profit yeah. all yeah. said and done, but like we made money. Right. And but I would, I would challenge you, and then you probably agree with me that you're still making money from it. Yeah, from that experience, definitely. How do you how do you bring a product to market and put it in front of people? Yeah, and make it attractive mm-hmm. at a price they'll they're happy to pay, um, right. and keep doing it. And that's what that was. And it it's included incredible. me making these bracelets. Like we were yeah, we were drop me. shipping them from overseas. Yeah. And then at one point, I just realized, gosh, I can just order tons of this, like nylon yarn and just Just make make these while I'm binge watching (laughs) house of cards and, uh, and like, and get them out the door for 50 cents as opposed to over, over here from overseas for three bucks to someone's mailbox. And those lessons were certainly, uh, (laughs) business one-on-one. That is, uh, why I love martial arts so much is sort of the same philosophy. Mm. A, and, a kick is a kick kind of thing. Well, what's that Bruce Lee quote? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I fear not the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks once, right. but I'm afraid of the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Yes. Um, it's, it's knowing your, your craft. It's knowing your place in your thing and what you do and knowing it inside and out. Yeah. Um, you can tell when somebody knows something like when they truly have lived it Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in their body, bringing, not just their brain. Yeah, and they're bringing something yeah. to the table. You can feel that. Yeah. Even in a, a professional yeah. consulting situation, you can tell. Yeah, the reps and sets are visible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's why I, I, I'm going to sound like a dick, but like uh, the NBA title, it it mm. it chaps my ass sometimes. Ooh, I've never heard that unpopular opinion from you, <laughs> huh? When it's like, uh, ta-da, nothing, nothing against mm-hmm. that degree or yeah. or that whole world. Nothing against it. It's, yeah. it's that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You, you studied it. Mm-hmm. You have a you have this these letters. Your life just begun. <laughs> right, right, right. Like let's do some. That's work. like your gym membership. Yeah, Here like you go. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think either one of us would. Um, I don't say think most people wrong would. against you know someone who has an MBA. But I do. That's know. like any degree, but any degree it just seems for like sure. that MBA. Like Especially. I, you're like in the uh-huh. in some business meeting. You're like. Well, and we we both know uh, MBAs who would say the exact same thing. We, right. we could bring in dozens of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would say yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, but to my point though, I, I just took a dump on the MBAs, but to my point, you can tell someone when they're in the room that they have lived a life experience in the subject that we're discussing. Yeah. Like you just know it and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. which is why I think, you know, those experiments and maybe it's smart to think about the things you're doing. Like if you're an entrepreneur or whatever, as, as lessons, as mm-hmm. like tuition, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Definitely. They were. Um, Because you probably got more out of that, running that business Mm -hmm. and and that part of your life than you probably would have getting an MBA. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, to scrape a little bit of your dump off of the MBA. Thank you. Yeah, education's important. Education's important. And just an MBA is for a specific thing, right? Yes. An MBA is, at least as I understand it, is to go into a large company and do management of things that I don't know. Right. I couldn't go into uh, Kellogg's right now and run the Special K brand. Right, right. I don't know supply chain, uh, you know, for cereal. Right. Uh, I don't know supermarket uh, yeah. pricing models. <laughs> right. I, you know, th- those are the things. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't. I those don't know, industries have math in them. Yeah, I don't know yeah. uh, multi-million uh, sample size right. uh, statistics, right? right. And right in right. terms of like, what color should the box be next? Right. Like, I, I haven't studied that. Right. But I do know how to bring a bracelet to market. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's le- <laughs> that's led to a small business that I'm happy with yeah, and legit. hope to grow. Yeah. But I'll probably have to hire an MBA at some point. So, I think it's just knowing why you're doing what you're doing. But yeah. MBA, I would say, is an easy one to fall mm-hmm. into accidentally and think you're getting one mm-hmm. thing when you're not. Or or taking that. It's not just them, but taking some thing you've studied and think you can apply it to everything in life. Right. It just doesn't work that way. Well, it's back to tools, right? Yeah. Why Same are you thing. doing what you're doing? And it's back to intentionality yep. as well. Uh, make sure you have at least a sense for why you're doing the thing you're doing. Even if that sense is I'm testing, Yeah. I'm exploring the unknown, I don't know what results I'm going to get, I don't know what answer is there. But like at least have thought through that a little bit, I think. But man, there are days where I just wish I was the – psychology type that can just like <laughs> yeah. do more of what you you said your wife hates, which is just like leap into it. Yeah, yeah. I've never been that type, yeah. but I only recently got into skating. You've been skating for your whole life. Oh, you're so. talking about skateboarding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drop in baby. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. That was never me. It took me like six months to learn how to drop in. Oh, uh, but you did it finally. Okay. Yeah. But I like built up to it right. really slowly. You're in the, the cement park. Uh, that's where I started practicing. Oh, I actually boy. was in Charlotte when I finally okay. figured out a, a drop in off of coping Whew. down a half. Bite. It's scary, man. Yeah. Depends on how, how tall it was. Yeah. And it was all about, com- it was literally just about committing to it. And trusting yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
and and being okay with the discomfort. And that's how I train right. people on it now. <laughs> yeah, that's they'll, awesome. They'll be, uh, you know, kids at the skate park learning to uh, you know, drop in yeah. off of coping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and they, they pull back. You pull yeah, back. Yeah. You're scared. You yep. And I, I, I have to tell them, what you, you're on, you know, that uncomfortable feeling, gotta... like right as you're starting to drop? Yep. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should feel that. Your brain is like, this isn't right. This it's isn't not right. right. And it's, it happens in business all the time. Right. Your brain is going uncomfortable, uncomfortable, not right. <laughs> Balance is off. Everything is wrong. Yeah. And sometimes you have to just keep leaning in because that's exactly how it's supposed to feel. I love it. That's why I love skating. Mm-hmm. There's lots of lessons there. Oh, man. I mean, they're also some of the most uh, intensely... <sighs> Uh, committed, you'll never see a skater quit. No. Like, or, I mean, y- you will see some, but like for right. the most part, they'll just try the same thing oh, over yeah. and over. And Bloodied. Over. Yeah. You're ankles like, busted. what are you doing? Yeah. Still trying it. Yeah. Not going to stop. <laughs> yep. The gym used to be my analogy for everything, and skating has slowly yeah. become a really good replacement. Yeah. It's, it's, um... It's legit. Yeah. It's also very dangerous. Yeah. Wear your helmets. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, and pads. Um, we used to not wear helmets back in the day. But... <sighs> I, don't, I don't go out there with that one. <laughs> um, well, dude, uh, where um, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, let's do that thing. Sure. Then if, if you listen to this and you like what Will has to say. What... Yeah. Uh, biggest ways to get in touch, uh, willweatherly.com, first name, last name. Uh, but then my company is called Digital Done Smart, uh, digitaldonesmart.com. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. I've I've worked with you personally, and um, you do some good work. Thanks, man. You really help. Yeah, we're trying to help uh, small, mid-sized companies understand that there's a million things you could do online, and like none of them are necessarily wrong. But if you do them out of sequence, you're wasting your money. Yeah, sequence is everything when it comes to online marketing. I learned that. (laughs) So (laughs) you taught me that that progression through the correct flow of which channels are right for you at the right time right. is what we try to help right. people do. Yeah, you, you taught me a lot. Nice. And you know, man, I'm going to pay you a compliment here too. I, I kind of pride myself on being someone that doesn't have an ego. I work on it. But every time I talk to you, I always feel like, damn, kind of kind of arrogant, <laughs> oh, man. Just, just your approach. So I, uh, I, I really respect that. And that's why I like talking to you so much. It, it's easier to present it on a podcast than it is to live it. So uh, <laughs> for, yeah, I appreciate the compliment, obviously, yeah. but I mean... It's daily, man. Yeah. You got to, you got to, I, you kind of chip away at it every single day. And the days you forget to do that are the days that you have mornings like I do, where you're losing your temper a little bit. (laughs) It's something very insignificant. Yeah. Sometimes it feels good. It does feel good. (laughs) I just need to go to your gym more. Well, you're welcome anytime. I need to hit a bag. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Well, thank you. My pleasure, man. All right.